that's why we have brands, right? And that's why we prefer certain brands to another brand because we like the consistency and we know what to expect. People like to a certain extent, even though they want to be surprised and stuff, they still want an element of consistency, you know? So yeah. Does that to, make sense? To a point, to a point of thoughtlessness in a right. way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why, I, that's I understand. why Christmas Hallmark films are always going to be a thing. That's because why it's yeah. advertised for people like my mom all yeah. the time. Or there's why franchises work. It's 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 because there comes a point where there's times when you just want to be mindless and or you you want to know what to expect and you don't want to use your brain and you just want to mindlessly watch something. We are the Get Realisons Podcast. I am Adam Chase Reddy. And I am Christine Chin. And surprise, we're both filmmakers. We get into it by sharing secrets, advice, and gossip in filmmaking. And we even get our other filmmaking friends to share theirs too. So please, everybody, join us for an, an ode, ode to, to filmmaking. Jesus. <laughs> in this season, we get into Christine's feature-length thriller fantasy, Ursula. A small idea that made a killer swap mermaid a reality. Everything okay here? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Feels like it takes like three hours just to get live. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Get Realisms podcast. I am Adam Chase Rennie. And I am Christine Chen. Episode 58. Ladies and gentlemen, 58 yes. weeks. That's a 58 lot. 58 weeks. It is. That's it is a lot. And that's not even considering the, um, what, 10 episodes we did for the, you know, May Rest in Peace Fun Employment podcast. Oh, yes. This is true. This is true. This is so we have to add 10 more just in terms of our resume, Christine. Yeah. Podcasting resume. Um, All right, dude. How's everything with you? It's <laughs> I'm good. Sorry. Well, I'm very it? exhausted. Fudge, I'm exhausted too. If I just yeah. said, hang in there. How are you? Miss you too, Fudge. I'm yes. good. I'm about to start another film set pretty soon. I actually fly out tomorrow to Virginia That's for the right. next one. Yes. I'm going coast to coast this year. It's kind of fun. Um, You're the traveling Christine this year. I know. Super traveling. Um, yeah. Super coast traveling. to coast. Yeah, going to, to Virginia and going to live on yet another camp. <laughs> <laughs> Were you really like a studio yeah, situation? Another, I, I, man, me and Carly are like the camp film camp. I was going to say, you guys are going to be the outdoors people. <laughs> the not so outdoors, outdoors people. <laughs> yeah, film camp connoisseurs. That's who we are. I don't want to completely be pigeonholed into only doing camp films, but... Yeah, that's our next. Our Listen, next one is you're gonna do what you're another, gonna do. <laughs> get another film camp. <laughs> well, how is like so? You haven't been there yet. No, so you've seen there. pictures. You've seen no, is, I have not seen pictures. I've seen okay, going in Google, blind. I've seen a Google map, okay. like a like a Google what are the Google World Map or whatever. Those Google are. Maps, yeah, 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 and it's like like little drawings of like this is this location and this location i'm like all right yeah <laughs> so this and you is, have and this you is don't a know small ass, small ass set it's like 20 some people for a feature oh really 
Yeah. Oh, wow. For a feature? For a feature, yeah. I'm going back to my fun employment days. <laughs> this is what's happening. But you have experience, though. That's yes, the thing. Exactly. You know, yes. you you have you have experience in guerrilla filmmaking, if you will, impromptu yes. filmmaking. Impromptu filmmaking. Oh, um, we'll see what happens. I'm uh, definitely like, wow. Twenty. And you said Carly's going to be there. With yeah, Carly you? will be there. Nikki will be there too. Yeah. Nikki, is she's mm-hmm. going to Virginia? Yeah, because she's actually from um, Virginia, apparently. So she's going to. Did stay. she tell me that? I think she told me that. She's going to be so mad if I don't remember. She says that this is the best time of year to go to Virginia. So mm. I'm trusting her and I'm very excited. I told both Carly and Nikki that no matter what, the one thing that I have to do on our day off is one of the days I have to go to Maryland and participate in crab season oh shit you and shellfish dude yeah wow yeah what you what you people don't understand is that uh, i've seen christine slam an entire (laughs) bag of crawdads or crawfish (laughs) i never seen a human being just slam a bag of crawfish like that like christine (laughs) It is truly one of like my sister was that person. Don't I don't mean out her, but uh, and there's like maybe I think another friend of mine who who can slam food like that. But like when it comes to shellfish, Christine Christine cleans up, ladies and gentlemen. She cleans oh, up. Yes. She's she she doesn't leave no prisoners. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as doggy bags when it comes to shellfish with Christine. Yes, I'm um, very excited. So I'm like. I've my I have my former roommate. Uh, well, just endless crap. Former roommate and friend from undergrad. She was from Maryland. She would always talk about crap crab season in Maryland. And so since we're so close, I'm like we have to go. So yeah, is, so that is on my list. I it's only appropriate going there to have lots and lots of crabs. <laughs> I'm sure there's. St- like plenty of places you can go to, but who cares about that when you have all the food places, all the crab places? Come on. I know. Give me I a plan, break. I literally plan all of my trips around food. I think you've noticed this. No, because we share the same thing. I do the same exact thing. <laughs> like there's only food places that I'm going to tackle to. Also, like even though I worked on a food documentary, there were plenty of places that I went to in San Antonio that were absolutely amazing i was like i didn't know san antonio has good restaurants like this and apparently they do and and san antonio is just an hour and some change away from me and i had no yeah. no clue i thought i thought austin's where it's at no ladies and gentlemen everywhere in texas everywhere you can find you can find food anywhere yeah you can food. yes and you just have to look yeah we um that's been the the fun part about traveling so much is, is you can connect all the restaurants and like do all like a like yes. a food tour if you will exactly you know? yeah. so like while i'm driving i'm like carly go look up what's the best place to eat in, in albuquerque you know <laughs> right because how much time can you really spend in a museum before you're just sick of it yeah you know what i mean i love art we work in art but, we work in art yes but it gets to the point where I don't want to see the monuments. I don't want to see, I don't want to see, I want to eat the food. That's, that's all I'm worried about. Just food. Yeah. Uh, 
So how long is the shoot again? You said I'll be there for 15 days. Um, right. It's a 15 okay. day shoot, 15, but five days on, two days off. Uh, like I was. Wow, that's a pretty. That's then a pretty hefty schedule for a feature. Then, Jesus. I mean, we did ours in 11 days. Did we? Yeah, Ursley was done in 11. I would. I thought that died. was like 20 would, days for some I reason. I would have loved to have done. Well, it felt like 20 days because we stuffed 20 days worth of shit into 11 days. You <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. But it was definitely 11 days. I don't know why I felt like I lived <laughs> in the swamp for like almost a month. I, that's, that's crazy. Okay, well, to be fair, like we were there for a week of prep. So so it was technically. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So if it was kind of 15 days but like we really shot for 11 of it and for then, 11 the, yeah right. and then some of it was just us just prepping and stuff like that plus the prep days right yeah, yeah I, I man when did we shoot early again three years ago <laughs> crazy it sure feels I, I already way. can't remember how long <laughs> we we fucking shot for and it's only been a couple of months i'm just like what the fuck is wrong with you adam yeah you're um, that out of it's it no it's, it's nuts i mean we finished we, okay because i remember prep schedule was during my birthday which is april 28th and then we shot the following week and then we finished we we were out of there on may 17th so and now right we are almost done with all of post-production almost almost all done almost all done so oops yeah how much I mean, can you say how much left there is to be done? Yeah. So uh, right now it's mainly just post sound. It's just been mixing and stuff like that. So like color is done. My color is just like, please be done. Like, because like I will be done, but then I'll have like three clips of VFX come in and I'll be like, uh, sorry, can you add these three VFX clips and color those? And it's been annoying because, because of how dark the film is shot in the generally you can put like what you call a tanned like LUT. a LUT is kind of like a filter type thing over the oh, right. thing to, to see the cut how it look like color right um and there's there's built-in like standard ones you can put over your footage and uh it kind of colors it and it looks kind of kind of ish close to what will happen when a colorist does it mm -hmm. the problem is the standard light when placed over the footage that we had for Ursley was you couldn't see anything because it was shot at night in the dark mm -hmm. and you really need to very much process that footage in order to be able to, to watch it. And so I was running into the problem where I literally couldn't tell because it's been interesting learning like what you need to do on the raw footage with uh, VFX versus what you do after you've colored the footage and then do VFX on that footage. There's like a, and it's not the same all the time. It varies for each VFX that you do. And I didn't realize the extent of how much VFX is in this film. And it's not like VFX, like crazy stuff. It, it's simple things like, you know, when you, when we did the stunt with James, uh, somebody being pulled, you yeah. know, there's the wire mm -hmm. and you have to like paint out the wire. That's VFX. Right. You know? Yeah. And just, so it's not like crazy stuff. It's, it's 
or like enhancing. It's small. The it's things small that you things. wouldn't really see. Yeah, you anyways. wouldn't really notice. It's not like, oh, they're riding a motorcycle through the downtown Chicago and like, you know, and the whole thing is green screen and we're creating an entirely different universe. I, I, I use that as, as an example because I literally saw that on Instagram today for The Matrix. So, um, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So not that. It's, no. it's tiny, tiny, tiny things, and there's a lot of it, and it all adds up. So, um, and but it's been a lot of like, I have to color it sometimes before I realize, oh, this VFX is not correct, or we need to improve this VFX, or mm-hmm. like we this doesn't look right, versus, and so it's driving my colorist up the wall because I'll be like, all right, we're done with coloring. Oh wait, we have to redo these five co- these clips, five VFX clips. And she's like, "I thought you said it was done." I'm like, "Well, yeah." It's more with feeling. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. It is technically done. It's the same clip. We just have to redo the clip. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're just, just doing like, it. You she's know. just like, "F you." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't blame her. It's a lot of time because it's like all her projects are overlapping now, which is how filmmaking works. I think. It's like you want to perfectly space out your projects, but like with everybody's timelines, it ends up all magically creating the perfect storm and overlapping at the same time. And then you have like five due dates all on the same day somehow. And then like, then you're just really annoyed. And so these like extra clips that you have to go do is a time suck for maybe your five other deadlines that you have. So I, I totally get it and I feel really bad, but I'm like, that's just how it goes. I'm like, I did not give, I'm technically not giving you clips, just need to redo these clips again. But yeah, so that's where we are right now. I think I have all the clips. I don't think we're changing anything. I think now it's the back and forth process of the sound mix, sound design, and it's so essential. Uh, There are very key moments within the film that are going to be so much better with the sound design. Mm. Uh, Because suspense and with and any kind of horror element i think a lot of it is sound design it's very much sound design. yeah, yeah. so um so yeah there's there's a there's key moments where it's like please jeff like make this scary or make this make it more suspenseful and stuff like that so um so that's that's the part where we were at um, i'm supposed to get a new mix today i'm waiting on that and i'm going to drop that in with my nicely exported full version colored Ursley with VFX and then I'm going to submit it to South by Southwest so and Sundance right I already submitted to Sundance oh you did that yes so I did that um the nice thing is having talked to other filmmakers is is that uh they don't I mean you try to get it as close to final as possible but they're not going to, they, what they're looking for is like, okay, do I see potential in this film? And I, do, I, do I see that it programs well with the rest of my stuff? And quality-wise, can I tell that it's going to be of good quality? But it doesn't need to be like 100%. I mean, it's, it would give you a leg up, of course, if the more complete you can turn in your film, for sure. But, but it's um, not the final cut. Yeah, I mean, the edit isn't going to... Okay, I'm gonna knock on every wooden surface. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. The, the edit shouldn't change any that that any more that drastic. 
you know, type thing, unless like some, some festival comes in with an exceptionally great note that could like make it go into a festival versus not, you know, type thing. So I, I can't, I mean, I watch it so like at least once every day and I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I, it's, it's crazy. I've been reading my script every morning yeah. twice, twice. Yeah. Because I I tell myself it's so that's the other thing, too. I made it too long. It's too it's too it's too long. How many pages do you have right now? Almost 200, 189. No, you got to turn. You got to cut pages. I know, dude. I know. But (laughs) I it's I mean, listen, the the stream of consciousness doesn't stop. (laughs) It's just every time I read it, I'm like, yeah, that's important, I guess. And then I read I'm like no that's not so like i'm in the process of just like chopping down anything that it just has nothing to do with the story i've sure i threw in lots of because i love the characters so much in in this ensemble especially they all have such crazy (laughs) stupid personalities i love it Mm -hmm. and i wanted to have them a moment with like them with expressing right yeah exactly with each other and like have like conflicting characters like in the same you know i wanted to do that it was kind of like playing with like you know legos and stuff like that it was fun but then i got to the point where i'm like is this necessary to the grand scheme of the story right doesn't make sense to the hero's journey which is my two main characters like yes. it d- doesn't have any relevance to this I- and if i answer those questions no then I, yeah, it has to be you cut. Have to cut it. I literally read a meme. I, it wasn't a meme. I think it was like an Instagram post with the words of like a quote from some writer. But it is basically this the uh, well. I can't put the words to it, but it was something in the lines of like good storytelling or good screen screenwriting is literally two characters and like four pivotal moments, and everything else is just stuff that add to those four pivotal moments basically oh that's 100 percent right yeah and that's it yeah i wish i would have known that though before i wrote 189 pages well sometimes you have to like get to that point right to like figure out um, which parts are important and i can tell you nothing will make you cut your script better than knowing like pretending maybe mentally thinking like all right how do i make this film yeah and that's the other part of it too it's just like okay so doofus you want to direct this too right how the fuck do you think you can do any of that with with half of the stuff that you already have a lot of it is ambitious and and there's a part of me that thinks I, i i i know i can do this yeah but there's also another part of me that is just like you're like you're not you're not gonna write a, a, a Star Wars length fucking movie and and expect to make this like that's that's just nuts. And so when I put myself into that reality into that moment, I'm like, yeah. okay, you know what? Yeah, I think I think it's time because it's not like I thought I was more sensitive about the script than than I really was. So when I started reading back the script, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, when you say you watch your movie at least once a day, yeah, reading the script once a day and sometimes twice a day in my in my case sometimes, it really reinforces what What's the core story that I was 
that I wanted from day one of writing yeah. this. It was like, this has to be the main focus with these characters and they have to go here and here and they have to end here. You know, that's what I, what I already had in my head. And so reading this script just sort of reinforces that. And that's why I know I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track, but holy shit, the amount of fat that I have on the script is is yeah, ludicrous quite a lot but i'm saving <laughs> some of these scenes though that's the thing i'm not really sure. just eliminating them and throwing them in a recycle bin i actually right. am saving them just so because these scenes are kind of funny and they work it's just not for this script you know what i mean right. like no, i guess not for this time yeah, yeah you should you should save stuff all the time and then what i find that um it's the same thing in the editing process it's like people will say, oh, like, you don't need the scene or like, hey, you should just cut from here to here and like, I'll cut it out and put it somewhere. And then like, you'll watch and watch it and be like, there, there will come a point where you're like, you know what, like, I'm gonna put back a few of these things, you know? So it's, it's, a, it's a balance. Um, it's the same thing in the editing room. You know, you, you get it, you get it really, really tight. And then you go in and you, and then you find spots that you are like, hey, I, I wanna add that back because I'm missing that. You know, it's sometimes right. you have to see what you're missing before you realize why that particular piece is important. Yeah, so. exactly. And why it it does play in the grand right. scheme of the story. Or yeah. why it's not important. You know, I've definitely cut things out and been like, I don't even remember I had that part at all. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's the other. Yeah, I guess that's the other side of that coin. But I want to ask you, uh, mm -hmm. have you ever gotten to the point where I don't know if you have, I don't think you have, but do you worry that you, you feel as a filmmaker that you might like get to the point where you're repeating yourself? Like you only like the one thing and you just want to do that one thing over and over and over again. Do you ever have that worry? <laughs> or what do you I, mean uh, by that? I'm saying like, I'm saying like there's a way not not that there's like a cut in line like a cut and dry way of like filmmaking not uh -huh. like an A to B format. I'm saying like is do you feel like in the way of the process and the way in how you lay out the story and how mm -hmm. you structure said story do you get do you do you have a worry in your head that you might be repeating yourself like you feel oh, like you, I see what you're you've you told feel... you've told a variation of this story before right. at, in some way shape or form again, again and you're just doing that which is sort of like i guess i guess the best example no, of that is michael know, bay me, i guess i have but the it's opposite a terrible... problem i have the opposite problem mm. so you just do um, over ambitious shit that you had no experience over <laughs> Yeah, well, see, my <laughs> I have the opposite problem. I have the like I'm always jumping genres and jumping different kinds. You do. Of stories that's why. I, like that's that. why I said I don't know if this question yeah. applies to you, but I'm right. curious so what I you have, think. I definitely have the opposite problem because I, there's always the the thought of like, hey, you should specialize and you should be known for a certain kind of film too, right? So if you are jumping around to all sorts of stuff, then like nobody knows what to expect or i don't know like it, it becomes like it's a it's a whole idea of like lack of branding you know lacking lack of yeah lack of a style or, or or something like that so i think i have the opposite problem i have where i'm just interested in all sorts of stuff so i'm like jumping around all the time sometimes i'm doing drama sometimes i'm doing comics i'm doing, doing both sometimes i'm doing 
fantasy. Sometimes I'm doing, you know, like, so I, so I don't, I don't believe that I've gone into that realm per se, but I have noticed trends or not, if not me, people have noticed like, Hey, your kind of film is you like to do things where insert, you know, the you can put a definition. Yeah. 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 And, and that's cool. Like, I'm, and it's, I feel like it's more so. so talking, it's more so talking to other people about your film about what your style is that you kind of are able to step out of sight outside of yourself and realize, Oh, I do tend to do something like this or, or whatnot. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Um, I think as long as you continue to explore different human issues or whatever that you, that's important to you, telling the same or similar stories in different ways, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. What, no. What, yeah. So no, I, I personally haven't ran into it only because I'm like all over the place, but um, yeah, I always tell so many, too many different types of stories. And I think that's kind of the point it, like in storytelling is that you don't want the same, the same exact, something that's so predictable that you already have it by definition of who right. you are as a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, I don't know, because like there's, there's filmmakers who, who still surprise me and stuff like that. And, but there are, uh, there are filmmakers who are very cookie cutter about the way they make their films. And like, this is, there's a, there's a point A and point B and a point C with all their films, well, almost like a, like a, like an algorithm template. Well, I want to know who fits in that bill for you. Uh, of the cookie cutters mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, Bay, here's the thing with Michael Bay, Michael Bay back in the like independence day of, mm. of filmmaking and stuff like that. He was actually making some good, he could have been like a good groundbreaking like filmmaker in a way of like that, that could have been like, like he could have sp spun into drama. He could have gone into horror or fantasy even. And, and I know he has in some degree with, you know, the, the Transformers movies, right? but with the Transformers movies, there's repetition that, that, ultimately works right there's so a i always i always get exactly i always get shy when i when i when i like to when i when i put somebody into a in a box like that because yeah. it's it's not the fact that like i'm judging them for for how they are as a filmmaker i'm not they that's how that's how they are as a filmmaker and i hate to say it i even put martin scorsese in that as well Okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying and he's he's made different kinds of movies for sure. But there I know what I'm getting into when I walk into a Martin Scorsese film. I guess like with the exception of Shutter Island, maybe or Hugo. Mm -hmm. Those mm -hmm. those movies were just like, what? You know, but they were just more confusing, if anything. But isn't I that just, when did you argue that that's a brand though? Like absolutely when you just say Steven Spielberg is the same way, like no, no, because he still creates an innovative. 
it's hard to explain, but basically like the best example I can that's recent is Ready Player One. Like when he made Ready Player One, like it is 100% CGI, 100% all that. And to most filmmakers, they, they spit in that. They're just like, no, that's, that's garbage. It's not filmmaking, basically. But what Steven Spielberg did, it felt like, it felt like a gamer like me made that movie. You know, that okay. respected that respected the the story of Redder Player One, that which is a really good book, mm-hmm. but he took it in 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 a completely different direction than I that I could have ever really predicted because he understood what the what the story represented, what the what the whole what the whole story arc is all about. Mm-hmm. He at the end of the day is all about story. However, right. how he's different is each film the payoff is never what you quite expect and that's kind of i guess i guess that is a a a a box that you can put um spielberg in is because like sometimes the payoff isn't what you necessarily think it's going to be like like ready have you seen ready player one Yeah, yeah yeah it's great like like towards like especially in the end of the film like it leaves off for for a sequel right like it leaves off he by any by any stretch of the imagination i don't think has made a film quite like that before and he constantly outs himself each film he does to me with with spielberg sort of in the in the way of like um I mean, like you, for, for, for an example, like you kind of put yourself on a higher, higher challenge level, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to make something that is ultimately pretty dope ass art. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like Spielberg does with every single one of his projects. Maybe there's some projects that are less fortunate than others. A hundred percent there without a doubt. I agree. But when there's an interesting story and there's a way in how he's going to tell that story and mm-hmm. it's interesting enough that's different spielberg it's going to be a spielberg thing 100 percent. that's why i couldn't i can't put him in a box because he does all sorts of genres you right. know so it's not like i can really put a hard definition on well this is spielberg and this is how he is you right. know whereas he definitely with- has very specific themes he explores in this exactly and people like kubrick in Nolan, they both make movie. Well, okay, uh, those are a little bit different, but bear with me. They're both smart movies, very right. smart. Like these are both very smart filmmakers, and they make very smart movies. Sometimes, even with Kubrick, still to this day, I'm baffled by. You know, but I, I think it's just because I'm a natural idiot. Um, so with Nolan, kind of the same thing. However, it's more. I guess commercially viable, but that's sort of degrading his work. And I'm not trying to do that. It's, it's, it's more palatable, I guess, than, than I guess a Kubrick film, because you can understand it, I guess, with the exception of fucking tenant tenant was just tenant was just crazy just mm-hmm. in a, in of itself. I love the movie. Yeah. And I, I actually do love the movie. It's just, it's just, it's, no, it's, it's, it's too smart. <laughs> it's too smart and that's the thing it's just like i'm an idiot i'm a dumb dumb like i, I can't smart. i can't uh, 
you know, that's why I love video games because there's directions and shit like that. It's just like, yeah, this is from point A to point B. And then this is the killer and this is who you have to save. It's like, oh, story. I love it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, so that's how I feel with Scorsese. Scorsese Mm -hmm. is very much that like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to get myself into with the Scorsese film. Because in some way, Wolf of Wall Street was almost like a mob movie. Even though it's not, it feels like a right. Movie. I love. It feels Wolf like <laughs> I did too, but it felt like it felt like it felt like a like a mob movie that that has no violence whatsoever. And there is some little bit of violence, but like for Scorsese's, you know, in comparison to Goodfellas and stuff like that, it's very. It's 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 different, but it's still very much in the same through line of someone wants power and then, you know, that that power comes ultimately crashing down in front of them. You know, that's yeah. the kind of stories he loves, you but, know, and, but I can argue that Steven Spielberg likes yeah. stories about um, kids with broken families or like people with yeah. Coming from broken families and how that broken family affects the life of that, you know, ET's like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. You, yeah. he's more of a relatable filmmaker, you know. I guess in 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 terms of like grounded for family, you know, he's he's sure. definitely a family filmmaker, hundred yeah. percent. And I and I believe that. It, it's just, but there's plenty of stories that I've seen from Spielberg that are just like mind blowing to me. Like there's some sure, movies he still that are surprises just like, you. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, you yeah. know. But you're 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 right though. Like there's there's just some that are more family friendly, and then there's the opposite with Tarantino and Scorsese and all those filmmakers that just have to that rely on the violence. Which I guess in 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 fairness, I don't think they ultimately rely on violence however it is a very good it's a very good powerhouse <laughs> through the script mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a neat motif if you will yeah. um and i shouldn't be talking shit because my my script is also violent so oh yeah i, I want to see it's yeah, yeah but I, I i'm saying that like these these filmmakers they they all have they they all have like you know neat and interesting films that really i want to say contradict their their previous work but they have projects that have stuck out from the rest and stuff okay. like that which i do appreciate but there's still like you still know like what you're going to get yourself into when you buy a, a tarantino ticket you know or a scorsese sure. ticket or you know not saying that they're not a good time. They're always a good time. I, I love I love those kind of movies. Um, but ultimately, you kind of know what you're what you're getting yourself into. Mm. Um, for the most part, I guess there there's of course some exceptions and stuff like. What that. about Scorsese's um that Japanese film? Uh, what was it called? Silence. You mean silence? That's very yeah. Different from what that was. That was different, and I forgot about that one. It was extremely different. It was a really good film. Um, it it was, was extremely underrated. I definitely deserved. I think it was a cinematography Oscar. Um, oh, and that was it. 
he, he got nominated for other stuff, but I don't think it won that much that year. Uh, gotcha. I might have gotten, I don't know if the actors got one best actor or not, but they were definitely nominated. Um, mm. Yeah, no, that's pretty different, I think, from a typical Scorsese film. Yeah, no, I like I said, there's there's definitely those 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 one offs for sure. But, you know, I get what you're just, saying. Yeah. It's, yeah. But see, like because and that's that's this is where this is where my argument falls flat, too. Right. Because I I I'm under the impression that, like, you know, I I I, <laughs> I think I know what I'm getting myself into with a lot of filmmakers, but you just p- name plenty of movies that I'm just like, oh yeah, those. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait Shit. a minute. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I didn't I didn't know about that. So I guess I guess I just naturally put some of these people in a box without really thinking about like. So it's that's on me. To. No, it's easy. You know, to. And, and, yeah. and that's I think that's the part though that I wrestle with because. It's almost like that's the way we as humans process information and stuff. And so being able to put somebody in a box sometimes can actually be beneficial because it's like, that's why we have brands, right? And that's why we prefer certain brands to another brand because we like the consistency and we know what to expect. People like to a certain extent, even though they want to be surprised and stuff, they still want an element of consistency, you know? So yeah. Does that to, make to sense? A point, to a point of thoughtlessness in a right. way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why, I, that's I understand. why Christmas Hallmark films are always going to be a thing. That's because why it's yeah. advertised for people like my mom all yeah. the time. Or there's why franchises work. It's, it's, it's because there comes a point where there's times when you just want to be mindless and or you you want to know what to expect and you don't want to use your brain and you just want to mindlessly watch something so like i don't know it's it's interesting. yeah nothing that's thought provoking or yeah. something that you have to read in between the lines for nothing nothing david lynchian where they have to like really <laughs> <laughs> really really be uh quick on their fucking feet in order to really understand what what's going on so there's some people who just rather not deal with that shit right like, at all yeah and i respect those those yeah. movies too i honestly do even though it, it, it seems like the opposite of what i would like it is but there's still making a movie is hard and christine knows this more than anybody um, so I just have a natural appreciation for movies, even, even if, even if they are set up to be something cheesy and stupid, you know, you still have to appreciate the craft of it, the behind the scenes of it, of it all, you know, it's different than what, what serves, what the story is as a final product, you know, but, um, yeah, dude, I, I just, I think, uh, I, I just, I think I think those movies I think you have a point those movies have some sort of like I don't know like yeah like the consistency is what the people really want at the end of the day yeah you know and they strive for that no matter what which is not a terrible thing but it does rob a good story that could have been told, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's always opportunities for improvement, but like, you know, 
whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm going off in tangents here, but nevertheless, I do. I am, I am on board for cheesy Hallmark movies, ladies and gentlemen. Adam, I give it Adam two thumbs up. In conclusion, in conclusion, I actually love a Hallmark movie. Too. <laughs> Um, wrong with them. Um, I love them. I do too. I, I, when I'm sad and lonely, I love watching Hallmark Christmas films. <laughs> I mean, um, well, they're coming to Netflix too. A lot of, there's a lot of movies that are kind of like the, you know, like the cheesy, you know, mindless type of films like on Netflix too now, right? Or yeah. am I wrong? I feel like yeah. there are. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah, dude. So, uh, you're in post-production still for Ursley, even though you're submitting the movie. I'm to very close. Festival. And I just got a text just... from Jeff from our oh, really? that he was like, I'm printing the, 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 mix. Oh, right now. Yeah. Right now. So oh I'm shit. Excited. So he sent, sending me the mix and then I'll put it in and wait three hours for it to export. So yes, gotcha. it is almost, it is almost ready to, um, for the submission to sell by. So, well, yes, I mean, we we are at 50 minutes. I don't know if, uh, I mean, was there, was there anything off the top of your head you wanted to talk about? Oh, no, I was going to see what set are you going to be on next? Oh, um, I don't have anything right now. Not, I don't have anything right now. I mean, it's just copywriting job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's just, it's been mostly that, but your boy's going to be getting a car soon. Yay! What kind? I mean, I'm looking at a, just as long as it drives. As long as it drives, but I'm looking for quality. Okay. I'm looking for quality, Christine. I don't want to buy something that is just going to be expensive in the long run. Right. A lemon that I'm just going to, it's just going to be a money pit in a way, mm-hmm. a lemon money pit, mm-hmm. if you will, where I'm just going to be constantly trying to fix this car for it to only fix for like about a week. And then I'm back to spending another grand on a brand new fucking transmission. I don't know cars, but right. you know, I'm just spending money constantly and I don't want to deal with that. I've dealt with cars like that back in California and they were an absolute nightmare. So I want to, really invest in a, in a, in a good car. And, um, I'm dreading going to these dealerships. Boy, howdy. I, I do not, I do not like going to the dealerships and I don't think I, I am anymore because these, these people are out of their minds. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, you, there's plenty of places you can find cars online. This now turned into a, a car buying podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, no, I'm just saying there's there's plenty of uh, places online that you can just buy cars literally online and they just deliver it to you. And most of them really? like deliver for free. Yeah, you can just buy cars like they'll have like paperwork already right there for you. And then they'll check your credit score. They'll check your if you're what kind of loan you can get. And then also, you know, how much down payment you're going to put down and yeah. they go through all that. And you don't have to talk to anybody. They'll, wow, they'll, I didn't know that. They might send you emails with questions and stuff, but like yeah. my sister, um, my uh, my best friend, her sister, yeah, she she just bought a car just like that, and I'm like, how is the process like? And she kind of walked me through it, and yeah, it's what done are you that using? simple. Are you using like Carvana or something? It could be that, or it could be like um, there's Carvana. There's also True Car. You can buy cars through True Car as well, like online. Yeah, I know that. You, 
yeah. So there's just plenty of places online that you can just buy cars and sometimes they'll just deliver for free. Or if not, like that delivery free fee is like ridiculously small, like less than $50, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I, uh, it's the future of car buying and I'm, I'm excited for it, but I'll give you updates on that, on the car experience. Oh, I'll be really excited because then you will actually be able to like <laughs> hang out and have no excuse to hang out and stuff. I'll have no excuse to not hang out. And also I will be able to be reliable again. I won't have to ask Kelly for a fucking ride because I can I already <laughs> know. I know that I'm just bothering her at this. <laughs> and also uh, Robert Bernsey, um, you know, who I worked with on this last set mm -hmm. and we've worked with on, on our, my very first set, um, Robert Burns Jr. Yes. Good old uh, Burns. Good old Burnsy Burns. I, uh, you know, he, he's sick of driving my happy ass everywhere. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Does he still drive that car that was hit by a deer? No, he got a new car, <laughs> which is funny because like when he picked me up, I was expecting that car. I was expecting yeah. like half his bumper to be falling off his car and <laughs> shit like that. And he's like, nah, dude, I got rid of that a long time ago. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, yeah, he, he got a new car, but it sort of, it just, it looks like his old car, just black. <laughs> That's the so thing. Like he's a like, cube, basically, is this still a cube? Uh, it's not a, it's a, it's an SUV. It's like a RAV4, but it's not a RAV4. It's something else. Okay. I forgot what it was, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's all black and yeah, he just, he acts like this is a, this is a head to toe brand new, like completely different. He never drove this kind of car before. And I'm like, you've definitely drove this kind of car before. So, um, Aww, Kelly says that's, that's that not true. You're always welcome to bother me. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it's more it's more of a personal thing. I feel terrible whenever I have to ask people for rides. It's just it's a natural it. guilty thing, because when I was younger, every time I asked somebody for a ride, all of my friends gave me shit about it. They're just like, mm -hmm. can your poor ass buy a Honda already, please? <laughs> like now <laughs> you have a job and you still are not going to pay. It's like, yeah, man, because all my money is going to food and video games. What else do you want from me? <laughs> Um, oh, let's see. There's, um, there's really nothing, nothing else. Christine's new set okay. in Virginia. Yeah. I'm going to Virginia. I'll have, sure. I'll have stories. What are you doing after that. that again? Oh, I'll be in Austin. So you'll be back here. Yeah. Cool. Late October. I will be doing a, a ding, another <laughs> feature, um, for 30 days in Austin. So that will be the longest project I've ever AD'd on. Um, so nice. there will be that. Um, yeah, prior to that is just now getting everything ready to go for, or it's just nonstop, man. Ursley, it's like now I got to think about editing a trailer and then like all the, the paper. I love trailers. You're not excited stuff. for that? I, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, I'm exhausted. Shut up with your dumb trailer. <laughs> no, I am excited, but I'm like really tired. Yeah, no, I know. I, so, I, I hear you. I, this, I think these past few days with my uh, parents, I actually had time to like sit and think and then like then become overwhelmed basically because I'm like, oh shit, all these things I have been putting off that I haven't done at all. Like accounting yeah, systems you really... and reconciling things. And I'm just like, oh my God. 
Yeah. And you you gotta you should you should you should take a day off. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, I uh <sighs> got my parents to to uh play Catan. So that was very successful. So S- settlers of Catan. Oh wow. Yes. So we how fun. Now. Yes, very, very nice. We're now bonding through Catan, which is good. That, that is that is great. It's a long game though. It's been a really long time since I played that. You haven't played Catan in a while? In a, like, oh my god. This was like back when I played D and those those games, like back in middle uh, no, middle school and high school. I stopped like sophomore year because then at some point, like my friends were like, Oh, this is getting kind of stupid. We should probably like, you know, do something else. And uh Camille plays D D oh yeah no no i i still i'm all for it i still love love D. i know camille we talked about this um i've never played D. what it's yeah. fun really you never, yeah, never oh my god D&D, ever. you would love that game you would love D. really okay. it's a storytellers game it's like a filmmaker's ass filmmaking storytelling game it's great I, I guess you're going to have to pull out your D&D so I can figure out, so I can at least say. I oh, it's easy. It's just, it, it's just role playing. It's just, you know, you, you just, you're an imaginary creature in, a, in an imaginary world and stuff. And then, you know, you're all in a, in a, in a, in a alternate universe, you know, it's just, it's magical. It can be whatever you want. You could do, and then you just roll a dice on whatever you want to do. It's like, Hey, I want to shoot a bow and arrow. That's seven miles seven mile distance <laughs> and then you have to roll a dice and if you you know get like i think like what like five or less it, it's a it's a no-go it's like it's like it, it it's it's bad or no like about. 10 or more because there's 20 sided di- shut up uh-huh. christine you're 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 gonna beat me up after this podcast for being a nerd i see how it is you're just you were a jock i'm a nerd i get it <laughs> no i know you're a nerd um yeah, no, you would love that game though. You would, you would absolutely love that game. I think you would love video games a little bit more, because, um, because uh, there's a <laughs> there's an A to B <laughs> with video games. There's like, mm-hmm. but I, but also like, you probably have an addictive personality, so maybe video games yeah, isn't isn't probably a good thing for you. You know, yeah, I definitely have an addictive personality. Um, so negatory on things that will cause me to spend more time doing stuff i should spend other time doing other things so but you should you should definitely take some some time away but you you already are playing katan with your uh with your folks so that's yes. that's a that's, so that's a, our, that's a good yes. that's a good time away it's just something yeah. that isn't just work and when i mean work i mean film <laughs> You know, that's just constant in your world, which is constant in all of our worlds. Everybody, including Kelly's, you know, everybody. We're all thinking about film, but there's some there's there's got to be times where it's just like, you know what? I kind of want to bake a pie <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of want to play Settlers of Catan with my mom and dad. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um Totally. I'm kind of running out of gas, Christine. I'm really exhausted. I'm exhausted. Too. Oh. Let's, let's bring it to crash landing. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm tired as F. So. Um, but I, I really have no excuse. It's just me literally writing 
I'm not going to get into it, but it's just, it's mindless writing and, and I shouldn't be this tired, but I'm exhausted, exhausted. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, I think, I think that's it for the get real podcast, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're tired. (laughs) We're exhausted. Okay. But we've, we've done almost an hour. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Almost an hour. So (laughs) listen what do you want sometimes you're gonna get an hour and a half sometimes you're just gonna get an hour sometimes you're, you're sometimes like, just gonna get an hour and i loved how the last episode too we were talking i'm like we're, we're firing off on all cylinders <laughs> and we're ready to go and now this episode is more the chill episode which yeah, is very like, much we like just, we did it <laughs> so uh you think you think you're gonna put filmmakers in a box adam is, is that is that what i hear <laughs> you just hate filmmakers you just hate movies this is what I'm hearing. That's the comment section happening right now. Oh, really? No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, you know, that's, that's how insecure and, and, uh, and narcissistic I am. I just, I, I get, I get too worried that people, people are hating me. You know, listen, there's people who hate me. I know, I know you might be surprised by that, but there are plenty. I'm very surprised. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of people that do not like me, but that's neither you. here nor there. Thank you guys for joining the podcast when we're just wrapping this podcast up. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you guys on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate you, Facebook. Thank you, Facebook, for we'll be announcing another time for that won't be Sunday soon since I'm on a set in Virginia and right. I will only be off on Monday and Tuesday. So It'll probably be on Monday or Tuesday when our next podcast will be yes. up on Sunday, just temporarily. Just yeah. temporarily, and then we'll we'll be back. But it's just one more day, you guys. And also, you can catch these podcasts too on EarslyFilm.com on all the previous episodes of the podcast as well. So if you did miss this, it's not the end of the world. If you catch the the tail end of this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the relaxed episode. Last <laughs> week's episode was the excitable episode. This week's episode's the let's 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 all take a chill pill here. <sighs> yeah. So thank you Ur- so much, ladies and gentlemen. Ursleyfilm.com, uh, yes. getrealisms.com to pick up the book today. If you haven't gotten the book, what is wrong with you? What are you, what are you, what are we doing here? Um yeah, anything else, Christine? Before That's we say it. bye. That's it. Make movies.